Welcome to the weekly sermon by Generations Church. We hope you enjoy this message from our special speaker. Christianity is about Jesus. What makes Christianity work is your relationship with Jesus. There are many kinds of relationships you can have with him. What I want to talk about tonight specifically is being, is loving Jesus. And I want to really focus in on Let's talk about other types of relationships. For example, you could have an arrangement with, with Jesus. As many people in the world have arrangements with Jesus. Say, well, if you save my, my child, I'll never do this, and so on and so forth. I mean, you can make arrangements like people do in marriage. Uh, they have an arrangement more than they have a relationship. Many people. Um, or you could simply be going to church uh, because you don't want to go to hell, which is a very good reason. But it's not going to get you too far. Uh, or you could be going because you're forced to go by whoever you're married to or who your parents are. And so you come to church because of threats, basically. If you want to live in the house, you've got to go to church. Uh, or you are searching, and so far the best place you found that does anything at all is church. Or you're some sort of predator and you're looking for weak people to take advantage of. That's another reason why some people go to church, as some of them have told me through the years. I had a man, and he said to me, uh, uh, because I, I kind of told whoever the woman was, I said, ma'am, this man's of the devil. Uh, and she said, how much do you know? I said, well, I don't want to tell you anything except this man is of the devil. And so then the lady began to cry and everything. And so anyway, long story short, he had taken advantage of her. And, uh, and uh, I said, um, I said, you, you know, you're a predator. And he says, I know. He says, I've been doing this a long time. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, yeah. I go to church to find women because they're easy to seduce. All I have to do is pray with them. I'll pray with them. I'll read the Bible with them and then think I'm a Christian. And they, pretty soon they soften up and they have weaknesses. And, you know, they're single and they're not, or they used to be married and they have all these things. And, and that's how he did it. And uh, so, I mean, he will reap his own judgment. But so just because you go to church doesn't mean that you have the kind of relationship with Jesus that's going to make your life better and that it's going to make you happier and that's going to bring you contentment and fulfillment and satisfaction. Because think about it, if you're satisfied, there's so many things in your life you're not going to partake of. You're not going to partake of drugs. You're not going to smoke pot. You're not going to run around on each other. You're not, there's so many things you don't do when you're satisfied. It's when there's holes in your soul, when your soul is a black hole of needs and wants, when you're wounded, when you're hurt, 
when something is missing from your life, when you're not happy, when nothing makes you happy, when you can't sleep well, where, when you have no peace in your dreams, when you don't feel loved, you don't feel wanted, you don't feel valuable, you don't feel needed. These, all these things drive you to places to try and find something to fill up all those black holes of the soul, you know. And for at least 40-something percent of women in church, that is now pornography. And for over 70-something percent of the men, that's now pornography. And, of course, everybody's finding that that's not working. But, and there are other things. So, so just going to church is not in itself, though the answers are there, if you don't have the right relationship with church and you use what God is providing from the church, the ministries of the church, the fellowship of the church, the mentoring of the church, the discipleship of the church, the enlightenment, the education of the church, if you don't use those things, then it's not going to benefit you very much in your life. Praise God. So tonight we want to talk about do we really love Jesus? Is it possible that at one time you did love Jesus, now you don't love Jesus based on evidence? And that's what we want to do tonight is look at the evidence and not, not say that you're not saved and not say that you don't uh, respect God or that you don't honor God or that you are not going to go to heaven or anything like that. But as you know, the day you got married, you were as in love as, as you could be. And then you go through your journey of whatever that is, and, and you have to decide, well, I, do I still love this person or not? doesn't mean you're going to get a divorce, but do I still love this person, you know? Uh, like I was telling my wife last week, I said, you know, I honestly love you more today after 43 years of being married to you. I love you more now than ever before, and I have 43 years of reasons I said, for one thing, there's no one in my life like you. Like nobody knows me like my wife does. That's 43 years of living with me. And she's still living with me. You know, that's very powerful. She knows my ins and my outs and my ups and my downs and my faults and all the different things about everything. And she still tells me that I'm cool. So. It's these kinds of things. And I said, you're like the Mona Lisa to me because there's, you're the only person on earth like you. And, and I, would never just, I would never want to be without that treasure in my life. And, uh, you know, because when you first get married, a lot of your reasons are different. You know, I like your face. I like your lips. I like the way you walk. I like the way you talk. Come here, come here, come. You know, there's a, there's a, a more natural, except for you holy people, but, but, I, but the rest of us that are normal, you know, there's different drives. So here you're, you're looking for an experience that is going to really change your life and get you away from predators and away from destructive emotions, behaviors, thinking, attitudes, mentalities, mindsets, ideas, conclusions. You want to get away from all that? 
You don't want to get to a place where you are bored with God, bored with Jesus, bored with church, bored with life, bored with all that, where you fall asleep during the messages, where the uh, singing doesn't touch you, where the Bible, uh, you fall asleep reading it. This is, these are all very dangerous things. And so you and I are faced with a reality that Jesus is why we got into this in the first place. We got saved for Jesus. Jesus is why we got saved. And now we've got to learn how to access Jesus and we've got to learn how to be in love with Jesus every day because of the benefits of being in love with Jesus are so overwhelmingly life-changing. And so in John 21, John is speaking, Jesus is speaking to Peter and he asks him this question. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, do you love me more than you love all these other people around here? Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my sheep. He said to him again a second time, Peter, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, pastor my sheep. And then he said to him a third time, Simon, do you love me? And Peter was grieved. That word there is offended because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? Lord, you know everything. So now he's, he's responding emotionally. Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. So three times, you know, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Now, if you go all the way to the book of Revelation, there in chapter 2, and talking about the church, and it says that you have left your first love. So you have done all these godly, amazing things, and it lists them all right there, all these godly things. But it says, but I have one thing to speak against you. You have left your first love. And you have to be either be hot or be cold when it comes to the relationship. And, and this is a very powerful thing because here you are tonight and you're living your life satisfied or unsatisfied, happy or unhappy, uh, peace in your soul or no peace in your soul, uh, tortured, tormented, excited, alive, peaceful, joyful, sad, depressed, discouraged, full of life, full of death, resurrected, dead as a doornail, empty, no vision, no direction, no, no uh, hunger, no passion, nothing like that. You're just going through the motions of life, living your life, and, and trying to stay out of jail. So, when I got saved, I got saved because I found out that Jesus and God did not want to kill me. This is why I got saved. I got saved because I read for the first time in my life, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. When I got through reading verse 5, what love is, everything love was, I wasn't. And I realized then I am an empty soul separated from God. And then I realized because God came to me for over three hours and just hugged me and squeezed the demons 
out of my life. I felt the demons leaving my body. Faces of people leaving my body. Literally the hate inside my soul for my own father leaving my body. The hate for other people that I had multiplied and piled onto my life that had done something wrong or something bad going right out of me. And when, when three hours were done, I was in the most peaceful place of my whole life, no fear in my life, and I had perfect peace, and I had this wonderful feeling of love. That's the best way to say it. I was baptized in the love of God. And from that day till today, I have never had another nightmare because nightmares were a real problem for me since I was about six. And at that day, they just ended. I've never had another nightmare. I will never have another nightmare because there are divine things that God does for you that he knows you need him to do, and they are permanent and eternal. You simply, I will never have that issue again. He did something to whatever has to be done to where he closed down the door to that happening. And un, you, unless you're, you understand what I'm saying, this, this creates gratitude inside me every single night and every morning that I wake up and I have these, these dreams of angels and, and I, I have songs that come to me while I'm sleeping. And, and I, now that I have this, I'm writing them down. I wrote four this week just that come to me. In my, I sang one for my daughter and she was like, oh, that's beautiful. Get that? I said, well, you know, God gave it to me in a dream. Blah, blah, blah. But anyway, beautiful things happen any place God puts his hand on. So, Reach your hand out to the person on your right and left and just say, beautiful things are about to happen to you. Praise the Lord. So the question tonight for everybody is, do you love Jesus? The question is not, do you love the idea of Jesus? Of course, we all love the idea of Jesus. That's not the question. Do you love who Jesus represents? A loving person, a forgiver of everybody, somebody that loves sinners and saints and and just died for everybody. You love the idea of Jesus. That's why you even probably come to church. But that's not the question. So the question is, do you, do you love Jesus? And if you don't, how do you know? And if you do, how do you know? And those are the things we want to talk about uh, because it's important. Notice this, uh, this verse in, second, uh, in, in the Gospel of, of uh, John. Then some came, therefore, to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we would see Jesus. We would see Jesus. Everybody say that. We would see Jesus. Praise God. How many of you remember in Matthew uh, chapter 14, verse 26, when Peter was called out of the boat, and Peter said to Jesus, Bid, bid me come. And, and then Jesus said, Come. Peter stepped out of the boat and started walking on the water looking at Jesus. The waves were high, the wind was blowing, the rain was falling, and all of a sudden Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and started looking at the waves and he started to sink. And there's something that all of us have to remember. Your walk with God depends on your, your, your life and the blessing of your life depends on your relationship with Jesus. It depends on that. And that has to be done right, 
and it has to be understood correctly in order for anything to work ever in our lives. I don't want to hurt anybody. How about you? The only person that can make you tender and soft and take the hard heart out of you that's made of rock, that has calluses on it from pain, rejection, betrayal, abandonment, and being around liars and, and, and people that use you and take advantage of you and that makes you want to take revenge and it fills you with rage, the only thing that can take that away is being in the presence of God. The presence of God is easily entered the moment you're in love with God. When you love God, you access the presence of God at that moment. The very moment that you love God, the presence of God is released into your life. That's why you can come and worship God and sing songs and songs that you've heard before and nothing happened because you are not in a state of fellowship at that moment. You're thinking about how am I going to pay the mortgage tomorrow? How am I going to pay the electric bill tomorrow? How am I going to, what is going on with my daughter? What is happening with my son? You're not engaged in a love relationship at that moment with Jesus. Whereas at other times you come and you start singing a song and you look straight up into the face of Jesus and you realize it's just you and him and you are telling him with a sincere heart how much he means to you and how beautiful of a person he is to you. And at that moment, everything changes right there at that moment. Everything changes because the presence of God in this moment of time is just unlocked and then you carry that presence with you literally on your body. You can tangibly feel the sweetness of the presence of God. This is what will make your life totally whole and totally well and the secret to everything is being in love with Jesus. So examine this with me for a little bit. Walk with me on this journey. First of all, how many of you have ever loved anything? Let me see. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have loved a rabbit? This young man has loved a rabbit. That gentleman has loved a rabbit. Did you name your rabbit, sir? Long time ago. How many of you have loved a dog? So everybody has loved a dog. How many have loved dogs? My first dog was Fiddleyes. That was the name of my dog, Fiddleyes. He was a mutt, no breed of any kind. Just looked horrible. No, no way to say it, but the best way to describe Fiddleyes was a rat, a large, giant rat, about this big. That would be the best way of describing him. But he was my first dog as a child. He slept with me in my room. He went up and down the alleys with me. He got into trouble with me. Three of the biggest scars I have on my body he gave to me by running in front of me and knocking me over. I was running down the alley, uh, six, seven years old. He's running with me, and then he runs in front of me. I go flying in the air, and my right arm lands on a, a bottle that's sticking up out of the ground like this, a beer bottle, and, and it goes through here and up that way. And I pulled it out, and then the blood started shooting, and I was about maybe a block or half a block away from my house, and I just ran to the back door, and that was the last thing I remember. I woke up at the clinic, and in those days, you know, they didn't give you, they, you know, I was bleeding too much, so they just kind of worked on it with no anesthesia of any kind. 
So I still remember the event. Ah, that, that's pretty much like a horror movie, you know, just screaming while the doctor's trying to sew me up. Fiddleize. So I cried a lot when Fiddleize died. Praise the Lord. And from that day till this day, we have buried many dogs. How about you? Praise God. So I have a history with dogs. I love dogs. I think dogs are the greatest thing there is. God made dogs. I mean, it's just amazing, you know, and it's a beautiful thing. Uh, I've only had one good experience with any cat. <laughs> and that cat acted like a dog. But some of you do have great experiences with your cats. You love them. They're precious to you. And they, they meet a need. And you like feeling them, uh, feeding them, grooming them, uh, stuff like that. <laughs> and they're special to you. And when your cat dies, you know, you put pictures up and things like that. Praise the Lord. I haven't had those experiences. But... but <laughs> But some of you have, and you're fantastic for it. Praise the Lord. So when your animal dies, like mine just died here a few months ago, Mocha, after we had her for about 13 years, I mean, it went deep. It went deep. We all cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. It was horrible. It was ugly crying where things were flying out of your face, and it was just ugly crying <laughs> because the dogs are so sweet and nice and loving and unconditional and, and everything, and Several weeks before she died, I came home and I couldn't find her. And I called my daughter and everybody, where's Mocha? I can't find her and all that. And, and I said, oh, God, oh, God, please don't let her be dead. I, I didn't tell her I loved her enough. I didn't tell her I loved her enough. <laughs> I was feeling so guilty. And uh, then I found her and I said, <laughs> So I started really telling her a lot all the way till she died. Then I felt better about that. But... Uh, <laughs> And if you've loved a child, if you've loved a child, that's even another level. Like, you know, we have grandchildren now. That's another level, you know, because these children, you just give them anything they want. I mean, it's, here's my wallet. Go buy a car. You're three years old. I mean, it's, it's a love that's unreasonable, but because you love something. And I want you to think of my thoughts right here. Probably all of you have loved something even if it's as weird as a snake. Like Mrs. Green, her and her husband loved pythons. And Mr. Green and her would have the python in the bed with them. And they just let this python roam around. And uh, they would keep it fed, so, you know, they just weren't scared of it. Mr. Green died, and then Mrs. Green was left there grieving, and... Uh, the snake would be in bed with her, and then the snake quit eating. And, and it would lay there with her, and she would wake up, and it would be laying next to her, stretched out, you know, just laying next to her, but wouldn't eat. And this went on for quite a while. And then, you know, they went to the vet. She went to the vet, took, took the snake to the vet, and said, the snake won't eat anything. He said, well, that's strange. Went back home and again and wakes up there and takes the snake back to the doctor and says, What's, what, I don't know what to do. And, and he said, the, how is the snake waking up? Well, the snake is laying next to me every morning. He goes, oh, 
Well, I know what the snake's doing. It's measuring you. It's starving itself so you fit inside of it. So you see that you can love the wrong thing. <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying? You can love bad people, and they will be bad for you. You can love cocaine. You can love it, but it will be bad for you. You can love many things that are bad for you. They're widening the hole in your soul. Like it says in the book of Proverbs and also Ecclesiastes that the, the drunkard widens his soul like hell to meet and try to satisfy the appetite he has created, but all that he does is make the appetite bigger with the more that you feed it. Jesus is the only thing your soul has been created Four, that can actually fill you and make you feel satisfied. No person can do it. No child can do it. No animal can do it. No amount of success can do it. No power can do it. No TV can do it. No program can do it. Nothing can do it. Just Jesus. The only thing that can ever make you truly happy is your relationship with Jesus. Now, if you go to church a lot and say you love Jesus, but you're mean, then you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You are just religious. Religious people go to church a lot, but they're not like Jesus. They're mean. So the best place to raise an atheist is a Christian home with people that act like the devil who call themselves Christians. You want to have a nice atheist? That's the place to do it. But where there's love... No matter what problems your children may have, they will always come back to Jesus because they will always know the sweetest place on earth is where Jesus is and where I'm being loved and I feel the love of God. Praise the Lord. Because you basically, you need to feel love. You need to feel the love of God. You need to feel loved by somebody and you need to love something. Praise God. So all this stuff we're doing here is all because we want to be satisfied and fulfilled. And we know that many of the things out there, philosophies, ideas, and all that, are empty. And now, at this time, in the year 2019, now all the scientific facts and all the scientific discoveries and all the scientific evidence, mathematicians and biologists and all of those people now have concluded, and through science, without any religion in it, concluded that all of these other beliefs and systems simply do not work and cannot work, and the only possible explanation is somebody made everything. That's a pretty powerful thing. And so here you are today, happy or unhappy, fulfilled or unfulfilled. You know by now that no person is going to be able to meet all your needs. They're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be made happy by an individual. Sure, you don't want to be alone. It's better to have somebody than nobody. 
But at the same time, you know deep in your heart that there's got to be a lot more than what you have right now. There's just got to be a lot more than what you're living right now, and surely it can get better. And my answer to all that is absolutely 100%. I have never seen somebody that really loves Jesus who is not also loved by a lot of people because everybody likes to be about around somebody that's not crazy. Everybody likes to be around somebody that loves them, honors them, respects them, treats them as special, treats them as this, they're unique. Everybody wants to be around somebody that is humble and kind and, and meek and sweet and loving and accommodating and flexible, that's not pushy, that's not controlling, that's not easily offended, that doesn't make a mountain out of a mohill. Everybody likes that. And some people are born with personalities that way, but the majority of us are not born with those personalities, and we need the help of Jesus or we will literally go crazy. Praise God. And so... Loving Jesus. Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? Three times. How would you feel if Jesus himself said, hey, do you love me? Yes, I do, I do. Hey, do you love me? Hey, 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 I do. Do you love me? Man, whoa. So, Philippians 2.10. Like Christ, therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind and maintaining the same love, united in spirit and intent on one purpose. Praise God. For God, who said, let the light shine out of the darkness, has shown in our hearts to give, listen to this, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are transformed from glory to glory. So just seeing Jesus will change you. Just seeing him will change you. So let's talk about loving Jesus. How do you know you love something? How do you know, if I sit down with you, anyone here, any person, I sit down with you, within five minutes, I will ask three or four questions, and within five minutes, I will find out what you love the most. I will know that instant. I'll just know what you love the most. It won't take long. I'll be able to find. Because, listen, when you love something, you cannot stop talking about it. That's how you know somebody loves something is they cannot stop talking about it and they can talk about it all day and all night. A friend of mine in, in Seattle, uh, every time I go to the church, he's waiting for me at the door. He says, come on, come on, I got to show you, I got to show you. And he's going to show me the new car that he's rebuilding. He says, yeah, this is going to be worth 78000 when I'm done. Look at the chrome, look at the... Look at that, look at that. I said, man, how long did it take you to do it? Oh, I've been working on it now for all this time. And it's just, man, it's just beautiful. Look at it. Oh. And he says, like, the way he talks about it. And he sits in it, and ah, the smile as he touches everything. And 
He's feeling, he's totally in love with his vehicle and the work of his hands. I'm not finding fault with it. I'm just saying that's what he loves. The question to you and me is if we don't love Jesus like that, then you're going to stop telling people about Jesus. This is how you know you don't love him anymore, is you just don't talk about him to anybody ever because you just don't love Jesus. You may respect him and honor him and fear him and serve him and obey him and do everything. But when you love something, you can't help talking about it. I got pictures in my phone of all my grandchildren right now. I got a new one. I got pictures of everybody in here. Look, at night when I'm going to bed, I get bit. Now pictures are not good enough. I said, send me video. I need video so I got videos all night <laughs> the question is if you love something you're going to talk about it you can't help it you have a new baby you're going to talk about that baby you're going to show him off and anybody who has any sense will pay attention while you're talking they will pay attention. You show the, let me show you the baby. Oh, you're, oh, oh, because you don't want to offend them. It's like going to the hospital and going to the baby ward and you see all the babies that are born and no offense intended. Not all babies when they're first born are good looking. There's some terrifyingly ugly babies when they first come out. But if you're standing there looking at all these babies and you see baby number one, you say, wow, look at baby one. That's an ugly child. Look at the head out there. The face is smashed. The ears are shooting out. But if there's a woman in a gown there looking that way, weeping, you're going to say, it's number one years because that's the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. You would never say that because, you know, they will kill you. <laughs> right? Because when you love something, there's nothing ugly about something you love. When you love Jesus, there's nothing ugly about Jesus. You're never going to think Jesus is ugly. You're never going to blame Jesus for killing anybody in your family. You're never going to blame Jesus for making anybody in your family sick. You're never going to say, God has cursed us all. God has killed my family. When you love somebody, you know that the fact that they love you does not allow them to hurt you in that way. Because anybody who feels your pain automatically is safe. It's the people in your life that don't feel your pain that are the ones that are going to bring pain to you. But when you're bonded to something, emotionally connected to that thing, you are not going to hurt your dog. You're not going to beat your dog to death when all it does is lick your feet when you're smelly and sit next to you when you have gas and everything else and never find fault with your complaint. Loving is the secret. Being in love with Jesus is the secret to having a very powerful existence down here on earth. And if you want to last long as a Christian, loving Jesus is the way to do it because if you love something, you do not abandon it. I love my wife. I'm never going to abandon her. It doesn't matter what she does. I love all my children. I'm never going to stop being their dad, no matter what they do. It doesn't matter what they do. I am their father. I love them. I will never abandon them. So when you love a thing, you do not abandon it.
You do not walk away from it. You do not leave it because it is too precious to you and you would rather die than be away from that thing that you love because that's what happens when you love something. You have to be near it. And that's why you have to go to church. Not because there's a building, because there's a God being celebrated that you love more than you love anything in this world. And you've got to be there with other people that love Jesus more than anything that in this world. And you celebrate him and you praise him all together. And that feeling of saying we love Jesus because of what he's done to us, that transforms you. Because when you love someone, you will not abandon them. That's how you know. You're not going to become a Buddhist tomorrow if you love Jesus. You're not going to become an atheist. You're not going to become an agnostic. You either have to be one already because you're not going to become one if you love Jesus. But as soon as you stop going to church and as soon as you stop reading your Bible that is an unlocked Bible alive and as soon as you stop growing in God and pursuing God and finding God's purpose for your life and God's destiny for your life and you start developing the gifts that God has given you, the abilities and fulfilling your destiny all while loving God, doing it all simultaneously, then you're never going to have a problem with becoming some kind kind of foreign religion person or some other thing, you're not going to do that because you do not abandon the things you love and you cannot stop talking about the things you love. But when you're ashamed of something, then you don't talk about it because you're ashamed of it. And that's the job of Satan is to make you as a Christian ashamed of being a follower of Jesus. He wants you to be embarrassed to read your Bible in public. He doesn't want you to have a Bible and open it up at the restaurant where the waitress can say, "Ah, like some you pulled out some demon from hell. Ah, is that a giant Bible? You're not dishonored by what you love. Nobody can dishonor you because you love it. So you will not be dishonored by it. That's a very powerful thing. Imagine if you got bold all of a sudden and just started talking about Jesus because you love him and start telling people all the things he did for you. That's all you really have to do. You just have to tell them what he's done for you. And if he's done nothing for you, then ask him to do something for you so you can start having something to talk about. Praise the Lord. Do you love Jesus because this is the secret of everything good and of all the blessings that you're ever going to get are unlocked by your love for God. Can you praise him a little bit? Raise your hands up and praise him and say, thank you, God. Tell Jesus right now, I love you, Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for saving my soul. Praise your holy name. Thank you, almighty God. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. This is very important. As my children were growing up, uh, we homeschooled them, I don't know, fifth or sixth grade, something like that, then they went to a Christian school. And in the Christian school, there were a lot of non-Christian Christians, kids. And they would make fun of genuine kids that love Jesus. And uh, so my children would come home, and I'd sit them down, and I'd say, hmm, you, your, your spirit looks a little strange. Let's talk about it. 
Let's turn over the soil of your heart right now and see what's been planted there today. What happened at school today that's making you not want to lift your hands right now and pray in tongues right now? What is the shame there? Because that is the spirit of Antichrist, and you get the spirit of Antichrist when you get around Antichrist people, and they try to make you ashamed of loving Jesus so they don't want you to enjoy lifting your hands, singing about God and praising him, but that's what's going to change the world. What we are ashamed of does not convert anybody. It's only the things you honor that have the power to convert you and everybody around you. Can somebody shout hallelujah and say, I love Jesus? Are you with me so far? When you love something, you will think about it like this. When you love something, let me say it a different way. Let's say my little grandson, Zaya, two and a half years old, was, was walking down the aisle, and a lion was standing over there. And the lion was headed his way. Now, I can tell you right now that I would run and jump in the mouth of the lion and let it eat me so my grandson could get away. Because when you love something, ladies and gentlemen, there is no sacrifice to sacrifice. Sacrifice is not a sacrifice when you love something. It is only an inconvenience for you to do things for people who you don't love. Amen. When you love somebody, sacrificing for them is a privilege and an honor, not an inconvenience. Praise the Lord. Think about what I said. If you really love something, my little grandchildren, my gosh, there's no inconvenience. If they're real tiny and I have to change their diaper, well, this is my least favorite thing, probably on planet Earth. But if I'm the only one there, I can't just let them walk around with the poop running down their legs all over the house. I'm going to have to pick up that poopy little child. I'm going to have to lay them down and talk with them. Then I've got to clean it all and wrap it up and make sure it's wrapped properly because, you see, that's another thing about loving. I have to wrap it properly because if my wife finds it unwrapped, not properly with things shooting out or somebody else does, I'm going to get in trouble. So it's a big, long process. It takes a lot of time. You've, you've got to wash them properly and then, you know, whatever things you've got to put on them that they tell you and all that. But it's not easy. But you're certainly not just going to let them, you know, have all those acids eating up things. If you love Jesus, it's not a sacrifice to do what he asks you to do and to be who he asks you to be. Praise the Lord. Now, I cussed a lot before I was a Christian. I enjoyed cussing. I tried to develop it as an art. Half of my language was just cussing. But do you know who I never said a cuss word in front of ever my entire life? Ever. Not one. My mother. Because my mother did not cuss. 
And I knew that if I cussed, I would hurt her. So I never cussed in front of my mother, ever. She never knew that I did it. And by the time I got saved, then there was no need to tell her since I didn't do it now. Praise the Lord. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. But my friends and the people that I would be around, they knew. And many other things that I don't want to talk about. But do you understand what I'm saying? If you love Jesus, it's not hard to obey him. It's not hard to obey him. It's easy to obey him. It's when you don't love Jesus that it's hard to obey him. And that's the simple thing of today. That's the simple thought of tonight. You have to ask yourself every day and manage your love for God. You literally have to keep it alive by praying on your face, getting on your knees, literally getting down on your knees and face and worshiping God and telling God all the beautiful things that you think about him, all the beautiful things that he's done for you, to thank him, to tell him how much you want him and how much you need him and how much you want him to be the center of your life and how much you want him to be the source of your life and how he needs to be your all in all. When churches and people stop loving Jesus and doing all the other church things, they hurt each other. If you love me, you will not chase my wife. If you love me, you will not chase someone's husband. It's just that simple. Why? Because you would never hurt them. Because love does not hurt people. If you love me, you are never going to repeat negative information about me to anyone. Because you love me, you will not do that especially if you don't even know if it's true. You're not going to do it because you love me. You're not going to talk bad about me or about the person next to you, certainly never about your wife, husband, or children. If you love them, then you have to just talk wonderfully about them and you let God work out everything else. Is this too much? Hmm? Why am I sharing this with you tonight? Because I want your Christianity to actually work. I want your life to actually be blessed. And I know that the quickest way to a blessed life is to love Jesus. You know, Jesus told Peter, Peter, you're a big talker. He knew that about Peter. He was a loud boisterous, impulsive person. But he was also fiercely loyal. And he really believed that when they came to get Jesus, and if they did, that he would risk his life. And you know the story. Peter got the sword and cut off the, the guy's ear. Jesus picked the ear up and put it back on and healed it. He said, Peter, those that live by the sword die by the sword. And then Peter said, it doesn't matter. I'll never deny you. Never, never, never. You can count on me. If the whole rest of them leave you, I won't do it. And then Jesus said, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me three times. After you repent, feed my sheep. Because you may think you love something, 
But until you're tested by that thing and it costs you something, you cannot truly be sure. Christianity is your testing ground for the love of God. Praise the Lord. Just from now on, lovingly tell people about Jesus wherever you're at, restaurants. Ask God to give you a way of, of finding where their pain is because that's all you really have to do. Locate their pain and then try to heal it. And most of the time, they'll at least let you pray with them. We went to a house here two or three days ago in Pennsylvania where I was preaching. Went up there and there's an elderly lady there. and I didn't know the lady from anywhere. I was with a man that was doing some kind of work or something there. And I, I looked and said, ma'am, you have pain in your body. I can tell. Can I pray for you, ma'am? A total, absolute stranger. But it wasn't strange to me. She looked at me. She said, yeah, I'd really like that. So we just got her hands. She was right in her 80s. Got her hands and just prayed for her. And she wept and cried. And, Who are you? Are you the yard people? <laughs> I said, no, ma'am, I'm with the yard person. I'm a preacher. You're a preacher. Well, I've never had one pray for me before. That was very refreshing. I, I felt some tingling. What would that be? I said, that's the presence of the Holy Spirit. She goes, really? Ooh, that felt nice. The presence of the Holy Spirit funnels its way through compassion. Nothing else, just compassion. You love a thing and God shows up. You love him, and God shows up. You see, the love of God, the way you know that you love something is you're not a coward. You love your children, and somebody starts yelling at them or talking to them, the shyest woman will become a lioness. They will attack you, jump over walls, jump on your head, scratch you. Because you touch their little child. They will kill you. <laughs> because when you love something, you will always protect it. Don't throw Jesus away. Because Satan is giving you some candy that tastes good, but will cut, cut a piece of your soul out of you. Don't do it. Some of you already don't have a soul so many pieces have already been cut out that you've given away when you ate the candy of Satan. Praise the Lord. That reefer is candy. That heroin is candy. That cocaine is candy. That liquor is candy. That gossip is candy. That pornography is candy. That fornication, that adultery is candy. God doesn't condemn. He doesn't condone he regenerates. He doesn't get on anybody's side. He just changes everybody. You get near him and he just makes you a new creature. He doesn't even have the, the argument of condemnation or condoning. He just gets in there and changes everybody and makes them the way they're supposed to be. It's just that simple because he loves us. Does Jesus love you? How many of you believe that Jesus loves you? And it's not just an idea to you, but it's a very personal true reality that you can say Jesus really loves me. When you love something, you will protect it.
Song of Solomon. His mouth is most sweet. He is altogether beautiful. This is my beloved, and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. I sought him whom my soul loveth, but I could not find him. So I went about the city and found the watchmen and asked them, Have you seen him whom my soul loveth? And the watchman said, we have not seen him. Shortly after leaving the watchman, I found him whom my soul loveth, and I held on to him, and I would not let him go. I found him whom my soul loveth, and I would not let him go. It's easy to know if you love Jesus, ladies and gentlemen. It's not difficult. I was driving down the highway years ago. I passed a car. The gentleman in the car threw the finger at me, and it was one of my deacons. So as I passed him with his finger in my head, I noticed that he pulled over, and I could see that he was heaving because, you know, he loved me. And uh, he didn't realize it was me. I went around and came back, and I said, God, give me a word of wisdom so that this man doesn't just drop dead. And, uh, you know, I went up to the window and I said, man, I'm glad you did that because I was about to do it to you. (laughs) He started laughing. Oh, my gosh, really? You were about to do it? Wow. I said, no. It's not a big deal. He said, oh, I'm having a bad day. La, 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 la. I would never do that to you. La, 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 la. Because remember that when you love something, it hurts you when you hurt it. That's how you know you love Jesus, is if you think you have hurt him. If you think you've done something that hurts God, it should hurt you that you would do that. Because that's natural, spiritual, supernatural love. To say something to a person that you know hurts them and to not take it back and to not say, I'm so sorry I said that. I will never say those words again as long as I live ever, ever, ever because you realize what I just said or what I just did hurt that person and you love that person. You say, I will never act that way again. I will never say that again or think that way again or live that way or behave that way because I know that is crushing you because that is how you know you love Jesus is it hurts you to hurt people that you care about. When you don't love people, you'll run over them and use them and abuse them and do all kinds of terrible things. Like all the ex-parents of some of our orphans that sold them, sold those children at four years old. Imagine being a four-year-old playing on the ground and having a grown-up man walk in that room and then violate you. And then another man and another man. And that goes on for years until you finally get pregnant at 12 years old. Because the grandmother has no money and you are the way she makes money. And you're treated like a piece of trash. You don't love that child. Nobody can love a child who does that to a child. But then some of those parents try and come back and say, oh, I love you, come back home. Do you think those children will ever come back home? No. They go to those judges and said, I would rather be dead then go back to the house of Satan.
When you love something, you always pray over that thing. Praise the Lord. Loving Jesus is about talking to God and having a conversation. And there's many more things, but I'm kind of, I've run out of time. There's many, many more things. But you have conversations with people you love. You don't go around for hours and days not talking to one another. When you love a person, they're your favorite person. You want to be with them all the time. You never want to be away from them. Just like I told my wife the other day. I said, man, I love being with you around the clock even when you don't act well. She said, me too. I like being around you even when you act weird. Because we can be weird sometimes. You notice the older you get, the more picky you get about things? Like, I can't really eat a salad in front of my wife. She says, man, you sound like a horse or something over there chomping and eating, so I have to go eat it in secret. Unless she's eating one at the same time, then the mutual chewing drowns out everything. <laughs> Never order a salad when you go out unless other people are doing it. Praise the Lord. You get very picky the older you get. It's not a godly thing, by the way. I was listening, and she was eating a salad here that Saturday, I think. I said, man, that's really loud. It's never bothered me before. I think I'll go over there till you're done. <laughs> Praise the Lord. When you love something, you never disrespect it. You never disrespect God. Praise the Lord. If you love something, you warn that thing of something impending that might be happening. Like, I have gas right now. So I'm going to stay outside for the rest of the day. Because you could die. If you love somebody, you will warn them. You will say, I'm standing at the door for a reason. I will watch TV from here all night, and I will not be sleeping in our bedroom. I will be sleeping on the couch. This is the love of God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Can anybody say amen? amen? Look at somebody and say, holla, holla. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I've given you a lot of information. I've tried to stir your heart to fall in love with Jesus again. And to remember that just because you're saved doesn't mean you're in love with God. Any more than you're married, you're in love with the person you're married to. Or you have children and you love them anymore. Or you have parents and you love them anymore. No. Loving God has to be a decision you make every day. You have to choose to love God above everyone else. Because if you don't love Jesus, Christianity is not going to work. It will make you a Pharisee and a legalistic, cruel person. Christians are loving and kind and gentle and sweet and flexible and forgiving and accommodating and trustworthy and honest and generous and very, very, very forgiving. They will give you a thousand chances, the real ones. 
because they love God and the love of God is poured in their heart for even strangers. Praise the Lord. Look at two people right now. Just look at them and say, hey, how much do you have in your wallet? I'll take whatever you have as a love offering for you sitting next to me because you love me so much. Praise the Lord. Who wants to be baptized in the love of God? Who wants God to resurrect your love of Jesus and say, God, I want to love you more than I love anything and not just psychologically, but I want to love you in my behavior. I want to be a person that anybody who spends time with me will know that I love Jesus because it's all I can talk about because we have conversations all day, every day, because you tell me things all the time, you talk to me all the time, you're always repeating, God, you're always telling me something, you're always encouraging me about something, you're always filling my mind with new revelation, new intelligence, divine intelligence with wisdom. I'm not an empty vessel, I'm flowing, I'm overflowing, because I have a relationship with Jesus. God told me this last year, he said, Ivan, no matter how old you get, you will never become irrelevant, as long as you repeat what I tell you. It says your age has nothing to do with your relevance. I give you relevance because you're talking to me and very few people talk to me. The average prayer time of a Christian in the United States is three minutes a day. Now that's a minute for blessing breakfast, a minute for blessing lunch, and a minute for blessing dinner, which means there's no prayer going on with a majority of people. And it is at that point of prayer, you can turn that uh, song, any of the songs other than the ones you played this morning. That's what's going to make the difference. Praise the Lord. I believe that when a minister ministers, and this is me, not talking about anyone else, nor do I judge anyone, but I believe for me that the Lord made it very clear to me many years ago that people need personal ministry, that Jesus always preached to the crowds, but then he ministered to the individuals. And the Bible is full of individuals with names that he ministered to. He spoke to people. He talked to them. He said, I know what's going on in your life, the woman at the well. And you just find story after story of the individual people that he ministered to. He never treated people like cattle running through some trough or something or some, some uh, whatever that's called, shoot. He treated people with dignity and made them feel like they personally were important to him and that he personally knew what was going on in their lives. Praise the Lord. And I just believe in doing that. And I do it in a lot of different ways. It just depends on how I'm sensing at that moment to do it. Praise God. So I want to pray for all the marriages tonight, if that's all right. So if you're married, if you'll just stand up. And uh, I just want to pray for everybody that's married. And, and, and uh, Bob, I'll, I'll let, pray for you last, but I need you to get your microphone. Praise the Lord. Remember something about the Holy Spirit. It's not about the length of, of ministry. It's about the revelation of a ministry. So 
It's not about ministering to somebody for 10 minutes. It can be quick because it's a lightning picture or a lightning revelation or a lightning thing that happens and that one lightning thing is all that is needed. Praise the Lord. I think I'll start with the center and then you guys sit down because I don't want you standing the whole time and then I'll get to you here in a second. I know there's a lot of you, but this is me having to do the work, right? So if I don't mind, you shouldn't mind. Praise the Lord, because I just could shut it down and go home and go watch football games. But we don't need that. We Love, remember that love is not afraid of work. And I want to be faithful to God, ladies and gentlemen, because I love him. And I want him to know that I want to be the kind of man that he can trust with whatever it is he wants to give me. I want him to know that. So I do this. Sometimes I'll do it for four straight hours because I like to see God bless people and, and, and heal people, and that's what Jesus is like. And I'm not boasting on myself. I'm just saying it's shameful to be any other way, to just be lazy and not minister to people in, in a position like mine where I'm traveling. That's what I'm supposed to do. So we just, I want you to know you're important and that you matter. Praise the Lord. And that's a big deal. So I'm going to minister to you quickly and, and see what the Lord says to you. Let's start from the back this time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, get their names. Make sure they speak those names loud. Yes, sir. Um, this is a very strange thing, but I saw like a, a turban with many diamonds. And it had like the white diamonds and then like maybe rubies or emeralds. But it was fully covered, and both of you had it. It was fully covered like this. It's fully covered. Which means this, that your mind is full of value. The way you think about Jesus and God, that he's working in your life, is becoming more and more divine. Jesus is literally taking joy and will take joy out of the way that you think about him. This is something very powerful because Jesus says you are like a royal diadem and a crown of beauty in my hands. And the Lord wants me to tell you that he loves you and that you're very beautiful to him. And as you pursue him, he will continue to reveal the wonders and the beauties. But you will die fully engaged with Jesus, and you will have a crown that you will be able to present at the feet of the Lamb of God. Ooh, everybody stop and say, I received that for myself. Praise God. What a great message right there. Praise the Lord. Okay, you can sit down. Praise God. Ken and Jung. The, the Lord is just telling me to tell you the word yes. Yes to your prayers. And yes to the things you've been waiting for that you've been praying over for a long time. Yes. That's your word. Praise the Lord. Let's keep going. Ron and Stan. Great. Would you lay hands on them, sir? Just put your hands on them right there. Let me pray over your body right now, sir. Extend your hands over there. We just pray for you to have divine health. 
and for you to walk in the divine health of God, that you will live a long and healthy life. Jeremiah 30 and verse 17, I will heal you, restore health to you, and heal the wounds of your soul. Your body, the blood, the sugar levels, different parts of your back, different parts of your knees, the Holy Spirit is touching your body and will as God puts you in his hospital of divine health and blesses you. Now, lay your hands there on his wife. And what's your name, ma'am? Stephanie? Stephanie, the Holy Spirit wants me to tell you to not be afraid of your husband dying and to not be afraid and worried about the future because he has it all under control. That's your word from the Holy Spirit. Praise God. God bless you. Amen. If I minister to you, go ahead and sit down. And how long have you guys been married? Four years. Do you have children? How many children? Boy or girl? How old? Three years old. And, and tell me the, your baby's name? Alden. Alden. Great. So lay your hands on him if you would. Praise the Lord. I want to say seven things to you that just popped into my spirit. And I, it's hard for me to explain what's going on right here with me. So I'm not going to really go into a lot of depth about it. But it's like photographs of information that enter my mind. That's the best way to say it. And I have other ways of ministering, but I'm doing this right now. It's just like God gives me a photograph and tells me what it means. And it's a, it's a revelation for, for you. But, but here are my first words to you. The spirit of poverty and lack is being broken over both of you right now. Praise the Lord. Not having money and not having provision is not of God. So I'm prophesying to you that a miracle is going to happen and that God is going to change that situation in your life. And six blessings will come out of it. Praise the Lord. Six very important blessings. The things that you're fighting inside your body, also the Holy Spirit wants to transform. Anything that is divine is worth being addicted to, and anything that is not divine is worth getting rid of. And so this is a cleansing year for your family. It's a year where anything Satan can manipulate in your life, God throws out of your life. And he blesses you with six blessings. The blessing of answered prayer, the blessing of miracles, the blessing of signs and wonders, the blessing of favor, the blessing of comfort, and the blessing of intimacy. Those are great blessings, and they belong to you. Praise God. You may sit down. Praise the Lord. Try and remember, everybody, that, that what I'm doing right here is of no value if, if you do not have faith. The Holy Spirit told me something years ago. He said, if you minister to a person and they don't want what you're saying, you can have it. Praise the Lord. And so, because I choose to minister to people without bias, meaning I minister to saved people and lost people, I minister to good people and bad people, saved people and unsaved people, wicked people and good people. I minister to all of them because God told me I want you to minister out of a spirit of mercy, 
with no condition because if they're still alive, I still have something to tell them. If they receive it, that's up to them. But that's what the Holy Spirit told me to do. So I'm not going to just minister to a bunch of righteous people. I'm going to minister to anybody and everybody because that's what the Lord told me to do. And I'm going to be faithful to do it. Praise God. And, and I am faithful to do it. I'm going to continue. Tell me your husband's name. I think I met him this morning. Yeah, he's with your children. Yeah. I, I sensed this this morning when I saw you at the table buying the book. And that's the spirit of favor. Favor for you will be able, the, the ability to see your family become like Jesus. That is the favor God will give you. And he's going to give you a very powerful ministry. I know the information that you, because of being at the table, that you also speak Portuguese. And the Lord is going to use you in that. He will use you in that. And you'll have a lot of ministry, a lot of powerful ministry. Your family will. Everybody will. You're just basically really blessed, and the devil is a liar. Every lie he's told you in your mind, it's a lie. It's not going to happen. The good things are going to happen. And this is your night for a turnaround. Praise the Lord. That's a good word. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody say, I receive it for myself. Praise God. Right here, brother. Hosanna. And you have a husband? Mm -hmm. And what's his name? Glenn. Yeah, and he comes to church? Sometimes. Sometimes he comes to church. Now, do you want him to come to church a lot? What? Do you want him to come to church? Oh, yeah. A lot? Do you want him to, like, really be on fire for God and, like, be crazy, love Jesus a lot? Yes. Okay. So we will do that right now. All of us agree that you and your husband will run at the same pace. And you will both be like two horses, flaming and on fire for Almighty God. That is your word in Jesus' name. Everybody say, I received that for myself. Praise the Lord. Let's go right here. Uh-huh. Rick and Anapala. Yeah. So I have a lot of things that are just popping up in my spirit right here one delayed answers to prayer are shortly coming to an end uh, you are very 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 liked in heaven like they really like you a lot in heaven don't be disappointed with anything in your life because God knows that anything negative is just temporary for a season Get ready because the dam of your blessing is going to break. And number five, no evil shall befall you and no plague shall come near your dwelling. What a word from Jesus. Everybody say, I receive it for myself. Praise God, right here. Uh, Robert and my wife, Sharon. Great, Brother Robert. Uh, the number seven is appearing. Now seven is completion perfection, maturity, and all of that. I'm specifically getting the thought, uh, seven new levels of restoration for your families and for your prayers. You have an, I don't know how else to say it, what I'm hearing, an anointing for sevens. I've never said any of this to anybody, any of this ever. This is just coming to me. Which means this, that when you ask for one thing, God will give you seven of those things. 
So if you say, Lord, I need $100, so $700. Praise God. I need, you know, this to happen. Seven levels of that will happen. So as you receive what I'm saying and drink it in, then the seven levels, that anointing to seventh level of anointing is released upon you. That's the word that I'm getting. Praise the Lord. That's pretty powerful, which makes you influential and, and very relevant to the people you meet that don't go to church. So let's say you pray for somebody at a grocery store, which is something the Lord wants you to do. He wants you to become very bold, seven times more than you are now, and very courageous, and even walk up to strangers. But you are going to be like a weeping prophet, a person that has so much compassion that it actually makes you weep because you sense the suffering on the people that you're praying for. This is your new encounter with God, but it'll be seven levels of encounters. Not like one level, like seven levels. Because God is only glorified if He does something that you cannot take credit for. So what God wants to do is things you cannot naturally do. It just has to come from God. What a great word from the Holy Ghost. I received that for myself. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Rick and Amy? Yeah, I hear, I see a lot of instruments right now. Lots of instruments, all kinds of instruments like pianos, guitars, and cellos, and violins, and all of those kind of things. And the Holy Spirit says, I will come to your home and transform it into a worship center, literally, for your family. It will literally become a house where the Shekinah glory can come into and you can actually reach your hand out and touch the face of God. What a word from Jesus. Everybody stop and say, I received that for myself. Praise God. Woo, did you feel the anointing on that? Holy Lamb of God. That is powerful. Praise God. This will help you not to get ill in your later years. And it will keep the spirit of infirmity out of your home, which means you don't have to spend a lot of money on medicine. And you just have divine health. Because the presence of God really helps your budget a lot. That's the best way to say it. Praise the Lord. Let's keep going. Everybody stretch your hands out to Pastor Albert and Miss Monica today. Praise the Lord. And uh, I, I have this coming to me like right away, Matthew 9, 17. You don't pour old wine or new wine into an old wine skin because it'll break. The Lord says, you're not an old wineskin. That's why you're carrying the new wine. He said, I gave you charge of this new wine. And, and though I'm speaking to you with, with knowledge of many things that you do, I'm still hearing the Holy Spirit. And that God has put new wine inside of you. That's why you get so thrilled when you build a church. It's because it's the new wine God put in you. No one else could have done it. It's why you feel so good when you do it, because you're in the new wine. And the new wine is never going to run out, and your wineskin will never break. I received that for myself. Miss Monica, I'm hearing the Lord tell me you should write a book. And that you, your identity as a woman, as a person, has riches and wealth in it that need to be passed on. And that you should really 
realize that your gift of insight and your gift of searching for the truth is so you can put it on paper so others can be blessed. It's not just for you. It's for thousands of people. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. That's a great word. I received it for myself. Let's go right over here. Praise God. Everybody know who Pastor Scott is and, and Melissa? Let's all stretch our hands out there towards them. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Because, um, you know, this is a very beautiful thing. Pastor Scott and Melissa. Uh, how can I say this? Uh, if, 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 if I could see the perfect timing of God, the perfect timing of God, I would name it you. You are the perfect timing of God for this church. You're in the river of God. And it's only going to get richer and more beautiful. You have a spirit of love and compassion, both of you. You have a gift of wisdom. And you have a gift of research. You have a gift of purging things that are not true. And you are thorough, which is a gift from God. Thoroughness is a gift from God. Not being haphazard, but searching the heart of God for everything you ever do is a gift God gave you. You have the gift of creativity. And Melissa, you will have a gift of miracles. You will have that gift. Not only for children, but for adults. God has given you a desire to see miracles flowing from your hands. And that will happen. God will give you that gift and you will see it. Because you also have the beginnings of the gift of faith. And it is a seed that God is watering and it's going to get bigger and bigger. And with the larger your, see, your faith gift gets, the more radical your actions will be. And they will freak people out until they see the result. Because you guys are in the perfect timing of God. You're exactly where you belong. But what I really want to tell you, that the Holy Spirit is laying on my heart, even though I have knowledge of your lives, is that you don't have to worry about your children ever because they are always going to love Jesus all the days of their life. All the days of their life. Their minds will become their weapons. They will not become a weapon against God. They will become a weapon for God. Praise the Lord and He will give you wisdom on how to raise them so that they are everything they're supposed to be while being completely different. Praise the Lord. God bless you. God bless America. Praise the Lord. Well, let's go on this side then. Praise God. It's 738. That's not bad. We started at 6. That's only an hour and a half. Is that a correct time over there? Praise God. Yeah, let's start over in the back. Kevin and Marilyn. This is a very weird picture, sir, but I see it. You're both playing tennis, uh, but you're playing against the wall. So you're not playing each other. You're on the same team, and you're hitting the ball back and forth, and you look kind of awkward. But you're still getting to the ball, and you're hitting the ball back. Praise the Lord. But what this means is that 
Your age will not determine your skill and your ability in the future. That what your physical bodies may not be able to do, God will give you the supernatural powers to still be able to get it done. And that is the word that I'm hearing. You will get done the assignment God has given you before you die. And you will fulfill and be able to hear those beautiful words from God. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Uh, Bob, would you lay hands there on her shoulder? Just put your hand on her shoulder. And I pray for your healing of your body, ma'am, that you will have the health of God, that as you have felt things happening in your body that are not of God, things uh, that are not functioning correctly right now, three things that I see, we just pray for the miracle healing of Jesus all over your body, your ears, your eyes, all the different parts of your back, there in your hips, different things going on inside your colon and digestive system by the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. All right, let's keep going. Can I speak to you in English or do you want me to do it in Spanish? Okay. All right, so uh, all hands spread out there. Praise the Lord. I see this beautiful thing. I've, I've never said any of this to anybody. Listen to this picture I am seeing. This is crazy. You're on a boat out at sea, and the sails are made of butterfly wings. This is what I'm seeing. Butterflies' wings represents a miracle of transformation that has happened. The, the, the butterflies in the position of sails means what catches the breath of the Holy Spirit. Change is coming and the breath of the Holy Spirit is going to enter the family and take you to most, the most beautiful places that God has ever created in the Spirit. That's your word from God. Praise the Lord. Woo! I received that for myself. Glory to God. Tommy and Tammy Sue. What's that? Tommy and Tammy Sue. Okay, great. So uh, this is an unusual thing. I see a lot of carpet. Lots and lots of carpet. And you're just cleaning that carpet and tearing up some of the carpet, putting down new carpet, and all of that kind of stuff. The Lord is going to tell you that he will show you what to tear up and what to lay down. He will show you how to remodel your lives and how to make it comfortable for him to live there. That's your word from God. It's going to be beautiful. Praise the Lord. Brian? You haven't run out of time. You haven't run out of time. There are still many things that God is going to do for you and through you in your life. What you think is permanent is only temporary. And God is for you and not against you. And it shall be well with your soul. Praise the Lord. God loves you and knows the pain that you have been through. How are you all doing? Do you sing? That's you? Yeah, so I know that about you. Praise the Lord. But I do want to say that even, I, even though I know that about you,
And you're still doing it? Are they still singing? At another church. Okay, let me tell you what I, I, I really felt like telling you because this is really, really a beautiful thing. And that is that when you die and go to heaven, you will have all the time you want at the feet of Jesus. But before you go there, he will reveal himself to you so that you can see him while you're down here. The presence of God is entering your family. And that beautiful presence of God will keep your hearts close to him and close to each other. And God will tell you nine different things that you're going to have to change over the next five years. I'm not going to tell you what they are. I'm just going to tell you that you will know what they are when they happen. And he will give you the courage to make the changes. With every change you make, he will give you a promotion. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Praise the Lord. Diane. Yes, ma'am. And your husband's name? Kevin. Yes, ma'am. Let's just pray right now, everybody. Praise the Lord. We pray for you to have perfect thinking and a very clear mind and for your home to just be filled with the joy of the Lord and that you do not have to work for it, that it just comes easily and quickly and just flows out of you. That the joy of the Lord is your strength and that he will make you very, very happy in the next three, four, and five years. It will be like you are just saved and God just entered your life. It'll be very fresh. The spirit of freshness will be your gift. All right. Amen. Praise the Lord. Cindy and David. How are you doing, ma'am? Praise the Lord. Genesis 2-7 says, God breathed into Adam the breath of life. And uh, Song of Solomon 4-16 says, God breathed into the garden and, and the wind began to blow and the spices of heaven began to come out. Spices represent the entire circle of God's healing powers. Every spice represents a different type of healing. And there's many of them. And God says, you, you have them all. They're all available to you. Pick your spice and put it on whoever's sick. And God says, I will breathe on them the breath of life. I received that for myself. Praise God in the name of Jesus. Look at three people and say, I received that for myself. Stephen. And, and is that your wife, sir? How long have you guys been married? 39 years. Well, I, I just hear this. John 13, 23. Sh shooting. They were at the table, at the last supper table. And Jesus, uh, Jesus was there. And it says that John put his head on the chest of Jesus. And then Jesus began to tell him, the secrets that none of the other disciples knew because of his intimacy with God, with Jesus, he had available to him the secrets. So God, as you get closer and closer to him, will give you the secrets to the solutions and answers 
to some of the things you're having to battle. He will give you those answers. The closer you get to the heart of God, that will be your gift, is being close to God. Ooh, I received that for myself. Praise God. Tell somebody around you, I received that for myself. Praise God. Shake somebody's hand and say, I want to be close to God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Who's next? Uh, Helen. And your, your husband's name? Namo. And, and tell me about him. Um, he, he's not here. He's now attending another church. Uh, okay. And so the pain that I'm feeling because of something that God needs to do. So let's ask God to do that. And there's five things that need to happen, but I'm not going to say that because it's private. But I'm going to tell you that God is going to do those five things. Praise the Lord. So I just ask God to heal what is broken, to mend what is torn, and to repair what seems to be unrepairable. And God wants you to know he's working on it because he loves you. He is able to do it in Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen. Are you all with me? Now, ladies and gentlemen, don't get tired on me because remember, compassion is what keeps you alive inside and it keeps you fresh. Once you get bored through selfishness about what God is doing for other people, then you get tired. When you love a thing, you don't get bored with it. That's why we love each other and have compassion because that's how, that's how we get a rich life because every single person becomes the most beautiful person and the most important person. And then you don't, are never bored. Boredom is the mouth of arrogance and pride. Because when you're bored, you're telling a person they're not worth anything to you. So keep your hands stretched out if you guys would and keep praying for them. And don't take any offense at me saying that. Praise the Lord. I just want to keep us all in the spirit, not just me. And I need your help. I need you to pray for these people so that God speaks to them and blesses them. Praise the Lord. You know, there's a beautiful scripture that says Zion is beautiful. The city of our God in the mountain of his holiness. It just says Zion is beautiful. And the word that I get for you is that you're beautiful. You're beautiful to God. You're beautiful in heaven. You're beautiful down here. But he also doesn't want your bones to hurt or your bodies to hurt. And so I pray for the healing presence of God into both of your bodies. Because he wants you to have something tangible physically in your bodies as the years go on. That you will say, it is the Lord who has held up my body. He literally has held up my bones and my muscles and sinews of my body and renewed them like the eagle. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And never, never, never will I forget the benefits of God who has forgiven all my iniquity, healed all of my diseases, crowned me 
with loving kindness and tender mercies and gotten rid of all devouring forces in my life and filled us with loving kindness and beauty. Praise the Lord. That's your word. I'm giving a lot longer words than I really wanted to, but praise God. It's just the way it's going. <laughs> You're like, this is, I don't know how else to say it. I saw you both jumping out of a, a plane, parachuting, and you landed on a bunch of giant orchards. And, and you got to get what I'm saying right here. That plane is your time with God in prayer. When you spend time with God together, together in prayer, together in prayer, together in prayer, together in prayer, God will throw you out of the plane into an orchard that he already planted for you. That orchard has all the fruit you need for every part of your body, soul, and spirit, and the whole 40 acres are yours. Praise God. That's the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Amen. I see a very unusual picture. She is dressed like a carpenter, and she's building this beautiful house, and you're just bringing her water. You got a big bucket and you're just giving her the water. And here's the word of the Lord. It's your goal, your gift to refresh her because she's a little bit over the top in creativity and in abilities. But God made her that way. She's never going to be happy if she's not creating something that other people can enjoy. You're just supposed to give her the water, not tell her it's time to quit. Because in doing that, you will refresh yourself. And you will just have many days where you're just enjoying your lives together and the blessings that God has given you. Praise the Lord. Would you lay hands on his forehead? Just put your hands on his forehead. And we bless that mind that all the connections will be there all your life even till the last days of your life, that your mind will always be able to remember and recall everything all the days of your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Man, I'm going a lot Amen. longer. Praise Amen. the Lord. Sharon and Tim. Yeah, unusual picture, sir. I just saw this. Um, and this is a, you, will pro you, you might be able to remember this, but, uh, well, they still have them, I think. Um, um, what's the name? Um, you know where they keep the money and it pops out? Cash register. Cash register. So you guys had a cash register coming out of you, both of you. People were walking by and taking the money they needed. So the cash register represents the inexhaustible resource you have in God to give people things of value that you guys were not born to watch people do things for God, that you're born with a capacity to make people wealthy, and that it's this capacity that God will reveal to you this next year, how to apply it, what it is, and what that means. Because you are going to literally make many people wealthy, and remember, this is spiritual money. I'm not talking about just cash. I'm talking about the wealth 
of the riches of God himself. That when somebody stands in front of you that's poor in spirit and poor of God, that'll pop out. It'll just pop out. And they'll take the wealth of God for themselves. This is what I saw. This is really a great thing, man. That's like, I received that for myself. Praise God in the name of Jesus. That was cool. Everybody say, I want that. Praise the Lord. You can have anything you want. Anything I tell anybody, if you have the faith, you can just claim it for yourself. That's what I do. I have like thousands of gifts because I do that. I just claim everything I say that I feel, woohoo, man, I'm taking that. Praise the Lord. Bradley and Lindsay. This is interesting. Um, now, I know you, Bradley, and of course I know your beautiful wife. But I'm saying this to you in spite of that. And you got to hear my words right here. There will come a time where you will become very wealthy with money. Now hear my words right here. There will come a time when that happens. But God will give you several inventions. When you were in your mother's womb, both of you, God put an invention inside you. You don't know what it is yet. It hasn't come into your mind. But just as I am hearing things and it comes that easy to me, that's how it will come to you. You have a gift of, as an inventor. You are not walking in that gift, but you're going to. And a couple of those things will make you wealthy. You don't have to rush to it. You don't have to try and do it because it will pop up at the right moment. And then they might come like a river. Like the first one pops, but then they come like a river. And you have the perfect wife to handle that money. Because you have a very special wife. She's a very special girl. This woman has suffered a lot in her life. Pretty much all her life. She's had a lot of pain. But look at how she smiles and look at how she's happy and look at how she never complains and I've known her since she was a child I don't know if I've ever seen her when she wasn't ill in some way so you guys are meant for each other and you're both beautiful to Jesus and please give me some of that money praise the Lord everybody say please give him some of that money all right praise the Lord Dale and Brenda. Reach your hands out to my good friend, Brother Dale. Dale and I have been friends now for 30-something years. I knew Dale and Brenda before I came to this church. They went to another church somewhere here in town. I don't remember where, but I went to that church and preached there. Um, and then Dale and Brenda came over to our house and would drive every Sunday. How many hours is that, Dale? Three and a half. Yeah, two and a half hours and every half. Sunday they would drive there after church because they were faithful to go to their own church then they would come just for counseling and things but uh, so I've been friends with them all these years and so pretty much I know everything about Dale but I do want to say something to you Dale that I really feel the Holy Spirit in front of these people wants me to tell you 
is that the everlasting arms of God never grow weary because they are everlasting arms. It's time, the Lord says, Dale, for you to throw yourself into those arms because you have carried this yourself like any good man would. But the Lord wants to help you so that you can say, hey, I don't know what has happened other than the Lord is carrying me and carrying Brenda. And let's all pray for Brenda because she really does need a miracle right now, a miracle from God. And we're just praying now, Lord, for Brenda. And I ask you, Lord, that Dale, from this day forward, be a, an inexhaustible man of prayer and faith towards his family, that he is a good man and a loving man and a caring man and a faithful man. But carry him now, Lord, and heal Brenda. Touch her body and do whatever has to happen, Lord, for her to be healed and become whole in her body in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, I receive that in Jesus' name. Always pray for her when you think about it or anybody you love and think about in Jesus' name. How you all doing? This is an unusual picture. And I don't know why I'm seeing these things, but you have your mouth like wide open, both of you, like this, and mail is coming out. You're like shooting out, like like that. Now, mail, mail carries the secrets and the letters of people, the information of people, the dreams of people, the questions of people, the answers of people, the wishes of people, the love of people, the hurt of people. It carries everything in it, everything in it. The Holy Spirit knows everybody and everything, and He will now fill you with that wisdom. And He has given you a gift of wisdom so that when you open your mouth, it will be the mind of God coming out of your mouth, being the perfect letter that people need to hear that comes from God. This is going to bring great joy to your home and family, and you'll spend the rest of your life, and here's how it'll happen. A stranger, somewhere, you'll meet a woman, meet somebody, and you'll just easily talk with that person, and here it will come, like a river. And pretty soon they get saved, and pretty soon you have them for dinner, and pretty soon they're coming to church, and pretty soon they're working in the church. And this will be the pattern for the rest of your life that you're constantly having answers. You are a piece of God's divine appointment for the people that you meet. What a great word from Jesus. I receive it for myself. Everybody say glory to God. Amen. Let's extend our hands to the most beautiful people in the world. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Ivy and Penn. How long have you been coming here, Brother Ivy? 23 years. Well, let me tell you something from me personally to both of you. In all those years, because I've come, I think, that long, 
I have never felt anything but that smile and that love from you all those years. And I mean every time. I mean every time. I mean, I honestly feel very loved by both of you. And I hardly have had a conversation with you. But I can sense love. I can sense it. I feel it in people, just like anybody can sense hate. But love is harder to sense. Because anybody can smile. But you guys actually have the love of God. This is your gift. This is your gift. It's the ability to love people that other people cannot love. This is where your gifts of healing will flow. This is where all the blessings and miracles will happen. As you two begin to be much bolder in public, together, and start praying for people and strangers and things like that, this miracle, loving, healing gift will start to flow out. As I'm looking at you, I'm seeing you both playing bowling. Uh, bowling. You know, you've got a bowling ball and, and you're throwing the ball and you're getting a strike every single time. Every single time. The, the strange thing is, is you're doing it backwards. You're throwing the ball backwards with no sight, which means you're not depending on yourselves. You know there's an invisible hand making sure that the ball strikes where it should. And this is going to be your true power is your trust in God will always get you the result that you're supposed to get. Wow, what a word from God. I receive it for myself. And you are going to live a long life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I'm going to live a long life. The devil is a liar. Praise the Lord. And, and who are the beautiful children? These are your grandkids. Do you have more than two? These are the two that you have? Aren't they nice? They're the greatest kids. Praise the Lord. I just love it. And you always help me at the table. But we really haven't talked much. Yeah. So, i just give you what I'm looking at right here. Uh, I'm not, I think it's, it's, it's a pick. I think that's what it's called. It's a piece of wood and then it's got that, that thing like this. You know. What, what, is the, what is the word for that tool? Pickaxe. Yeah. And, and look, I can hear you talking to each other when I'm looking at this picture and you're saying, I know there's oil here. I know there's oil here. I promise you, you're about to strike oil. You're about to strike oil in the Holy Spirit and you've been digging a long time, but you're about to strike oil. That's your word from the Holy Ghost. I hope you're happy with it. Praise God. Everybody say hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Everybody lift your hands and say you're about to strike oil. Praise God. Wave at somebody and say, man, you're about to strike oil. Are you okay? Because it's 8 o'clock. I've gone for two hours. Pastor, do I go on? Okay. Let's get the rest of you that are married. Stand up. Praise the Lord. Dan and Sharon Smith. Yeah, this is a little strange. Um, have you all ever been to Amish country? Like Lancaster or something places of this nature. I was just there last week. So here's what happens. The father is standing and there's like eight horses, the big giant big horses. Six or seven year old boy is actually working the team. And then seven or eight sons are in the back of this big trailer and they're gathering in the corn or whatever it is and the father is yelling the orders. 
So I go out there and sit out there in my car for three or four hours and just soak in the, the glory of God, and I drive around for like four or five hours. Just, I just love it. It ministers to me. But uh, why I'm saying this is it's harvest time for both of you. You've sown your seeds. Now it's time to reap your harvest. And the Holy Ghost has already set the angels to gather in the harvest so that you have more than you could ever, ever, ever in your life use. And it's harvest time. The droughts have come to an end. And it's time for you to see the Lord bring in the big harvest of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. That's your word from God. I receive it for myself in Jesus' name. Amen. And, and your husband, ma'am? Yep. And you come here? And how long have you been coming here? Oh, <laughs> Where are you from? Singapore. Nepal. Singapore. 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 Oh, okay, that's beautiful. Yeah, I've been there. Praise the Lord. Let me say these three things. I'm looking at a chalkboard. And you're at the chalkboard writing, but it's in another language. So I don't understand what it is. But you're writing. You have a lot of joy on you. The Holy Spirit says he understands what you say, even if you don't understand how to say it. That the Holy Spirit reads your heart, not just your mouth. There are 19 prayers that you have uttered from your heart, but not with your mouth, that God is about to start answering. I've never said this to anybody in my life. 19 prayers that your heart prayed, but your mouth didn't pray. And you will begin to see some things happen and wonder where they came from. They came from your heart. What a word from God. Praise the Lord. That is awesome. Praise God. Go right here. Go right here. Go right here first. Yeah. Yeah, because I already have something uh, for that. Samuel and Lottie Ogumaki. Yeah. So all I see you both dancing. You're just dancing, like going crazy dancing, like wild dancing, dancing, twirling, throwing each other around, dancing, laughing, singing, dancing, twirling, dancing, laughing, dancing, laughing, dancing. Whatever is going to make you dance and, and go crazy and wild and happy, that's what's about to happen. That's your word from God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Ken and Lois, well, no, she's up in Pennsylvania right now. I just, That's a good place to be, sir. I uh, yeah. was just there. It's right, a beautiful place. Right close to Lancaster, as a matter of oh, fact. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Williamstown. See? Beautiful people always hang out in the same beautiful places. <laughs> I'm looking at a well, sir, that's come up dry on a variety of times. It's a water well. But at this moment, the well is now filled. When you put your bucket in there, water that you've never tasted is about to be given to you and your wife. It's going to fill something in there, and it's going to be quite beautiful. You'll talk different after it happens. Everybody will notice it. Something is going to happen. It's like your face will explode from smiling. That's your word from God. Praise the Lord. I'll speak to you in one minute, sir, but come over here, Bob. Come over here, Bob. This couple right here. Yeah, this couple right here. Yeah, and I'll get right to you, sir. But I already got some. Extend your hands right over there. Uh, Derek and Amy. So here is a giant puzzle the size of this room. Do you see it? Big puzzle. 
all the pieces are strewn everywhere, nothing is in place, and you don't know what it is. You just know it's a puzzle and you've got to put it together. It's that big. Understand what I'm about to tell you. What God has called both of you to, you can't do. But you are going to be able to do it. And it's not going to seem insurmountable. It will actually seem very easy. Because you guys are so beautiful in heaven to Jesus. And you belong together. And you're going to work together till the day you die. And you're going to look at the puzzles that life presents you and say, Hey, we can't do it, but Jesus will give us the strategy, the knowledge, and He'll show us what that's supposed to be. Every puzzle in your life that you complete will make you wealthy in all the ways you want to be wealthy because we tell God what our wealth is. We tell God. He gives us the wealth we want. Like when I die, I just want to spend more time with Jesus than anyone else. That's what I want. That's my wealth. Somebody else may say, I want a house with a stream with a golf course. I'm not saying that's actually going to happen, but I'm saying that God knows the desires of your heart and he will give you those. Go to the gal right behind you right there. Um, I'm Brittany and my husband is Derek and we're newlyweds too. So How, how, how long have you been married? Um, like a week and a half. He's not here right now, but you saw him this morning. I saw him this morning. Yeah. That's like really, really, really newly. Yeah. yeah. So you did speak to me at the table. Yes. So I do know that you know who I am, and I've ministered at the church that you were a little girl, I guess, at yes. for many years. So, but before this morning, we had never talked. Right. So... Um, let me say it like this. When it feels like things are squeezing in, all that this means is that God is about to enlarge your faith and that you are called to be a woman of faith, that you have the gift of love in there and a gift of prayer and intercession, and you actually care about people that a lot of people don't care about. But you're just at the tiny beginning of what God wants you to do and be. So hear my words. In the spirit, you're becoming a doctor of broken hearts. That's who you are, and that's what you'll spend your life fixing. That's your word from God. Praise the Lord. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Great. Everybody extend your hands over there. Praise the Lord. Sir, I hear a lot of clapping like thousands of people clapping. When you go to heaven, sir, that's what's going to greet you. Thousands of people clapping. That's the word for you. You're going to have a very big party and a very big celebration because of whatever's going on and whatever's happened, Jesus is really going to be happy about it all. Praise the Lord. That's your word. Name's Rick. I see a lot of broken cars, sir, like uh, cars that have been abandoned and things like that. You're looking at all of them, and you have a big smile on your face, like these are old, unwanted cars, but I know how to fix them. And that's the gift God's going to give you. It's the desire to see things that have been abandoned repaired. That gift comes from God. He's the only one that can do it. But it's what the Lord wants to do in your life. There are nine things that have, have to happen to you that God is going to take you through. 
All these nine things come from encounters with God. There are desires of your heart, things you want to see, things you wish you could see, and things you believe you are going to see. Nine encounters will take place. I don't know what all the nine encounters are, but they'll happen to you and you'll know it. And when it happens to you, one of those things will be taken care of, then another thing, and then another thing, until you're able to stand there and say, everything that I have had a dream about and a vision about has come to pass. Whatever needs to be fixed, God will fix it. He'll take care of it. The only thing you have to do is continue to just love Jesus and give your heart totally to God always, every day, because that's what we all have to do. And as you do that, sir, these other things will take place. They're in the hand of God, and God loves you, and He's thinking about you right now, and He's planning things out already for you. It's going to be okay, and it's going to be great. God really, really wants you to be able to understand and see everything about God that you're curious about so that when you look at him he's not a stranger but he's your closest and dearest friend someone closer to you than anyone on this earth and your wife sir Lisa nurse is she around here working yeah but she comes here with you no I don't go here okay so let me say this uh, how, how, if you don't mind me asking how old are you sir 58 yeah so let's pray over Lisa right now and Lord we just pray for Lisa right now we ask you Jesus that you will take your oil and pour it on her head and that oil will come down upon her Lord and cover her completely and that oil is healing oil that oil is the oil of blessing and the oil of joy and the oil of freedom and the oil of liberty God and just everything your oil contains pour it God on Lisa's head in the name of Jesus and let her feel it right now wherever she's at Lord in the name of Jesus amen praise the Lord okay and your wife sir right there so I spoke to you this morning oh that was cool praise the Lord you get doubles how long have you guys been married do you like that are you happy you're married and everything And, and are those two of your children? Is that all you have? You have another child. And are you only having three children or you don't know? You have four children. Is that all you want to have? So you have four children, but you don't know if you'll have five. You're not having five. So that's a very clear answer. Don't even say it. That's okay. Um, so here's what I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, and this is a little bit unusual, but I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. So you're gathering leaves, and where I live, I have a lot of leaves in the yard, and, and uh, they dry really hard, and then when you try and pick them up, they just crumple into nothing, just worthless, the leaves. Now hear my words right here. Leaves come from something living then it has died and fallen off. So you gather leaves and you burn them. But the tree will produce more leaves because the tree is alive. Don't look at anything dead around you, anything that seems dead, because it's not what the tree is. It's something that no longer is of use. And when it drops off of the tree, just get rid of it because God is going to fill your tree 
and it's going to be a rich and big and powerful tree. Your home will be a beautiful place for people to come that have no one to love them. This will be a gift for your family. And they'll just come there, and they'll sit in your house, and they will just get healed before your eyes. They will be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they'll hear about Jesus. And you are going to become a very powerful, on-fire man of God. You'll be blazing with passion for God and Jesus, and this is who you're going to become. It's just who you will be. You'll just be radically following God because in your mind, He will answer all the unanswered questions and prove to you His miracle working power in realms you cannot even imagine. You're already a good man, but what God's going to anoint you with will even be more. I see you holding two swords. They're very shiny swords. These swords are not of man. They don't come from man. This is the sword maybe an angel would hold. Because as I look at them, I can see that they're not earth swords. They're very big, but you're holding two. This is a big thing, what I'm saying to you right now. I've never said this to anybody. Each sword represents something. One is the sword of a warrior, which you will become. And you will cut the heads off of the giants that come against people. But the other sword is for you. This is the one you use to stop anything in your mind that isn't from God. Any desire that would not come from God. Anything. We have to do that in our life. But you have been given assistance from God to accomplish a lot with those swords. And you're called to be a warrior in your prayer life and in those areas of your life. Sometimes I speak to people, but here's, here's, here are my words, everybody. When God talks to you sometimes, he, he talks from the end backwards. Like if God speaks to a baby and says, that will be a great prophet and they will be able to do these things. He's speaking from the end backwards. Praise the Lord. So a lot of the things I'm saying are in the future. But he's speaking from the end backwards. All I can say is you should be happy with who you are. Because there's a lot of cool stuff headed your way. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Ray and Elizabeth. How are you all doing? Good. Why are you so nice? Melissa, would you go up there and just lay your hands on her, please? Praise God. Stretch your hands out to them. Praise the Lord. You know, there are some hymns that I was listening to this, uh, this morning when I woke up early. And uh, when I was hearing those hymns, it made me remember when I first got saved. And I don't ever hear hymns anymore, anywhere. It's like all the hymns have died unless you go to some denominational. There's no hymns in regular church like this, most churches. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying I heard them this morning. And it's like I was transported back in time. And I felt all those feelings I felt as a 17 and 18 and 19-year-old. So here's my word. You will be transported back in time. And, you know, when I first got saved, I remember I could not stop telling everybody about Jesus. I just couldn't stop. And I didn't know how to do it. 
So I would give them the address to the tree where I got saved. And I would say, go to this tree and say these words. Because I hadn't been to church. But I had almost 100 people, 88 people, get saved in three months. Just by doing that. So what I'm saying is, what used to be unlocked, that seems that is locked, God has now opened. And it is unlocked again. And it's going to bring you a lot more exploits for God before you guys go to heaven. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Everybody give the Lord a hand and say praise God. Come on, everybody. 8.30, man. We're having church tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes, ma'am. And your, your husband's name was? George. And he's not here tonight? Did he come with you this morning? Now, does he go to church? Would you like him? What's that? Now, you want him to go to church? You want is he saved, ma'am? But he just doesn't go to church. Let's stop that right now. Praise the Lord. Lord, put a fire underneath his seat right now and bring conviction to him, God, and get him out of whatever's got a stronghold in his life and whatever's in his heart and whatever reason he won't go to church. We end that curse right now, and we send you blessings after blessings after blessings, and may 2020 be the year of the biggest blessings you've ever had in your marriage and in your family. That's your word. God bless America. Everybody say amen. Praise God. Come on, everybody. Give the Lord a hand. Brother say Ivan. thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Yes, Bob. Apparently, oh. there are more of us back here. How you doing? Hi. You're hiding back there. Yeah. Uh, I'm Brenna. My husband's John. And your husband's John. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't think I've met you, or have I? I, I mean, I've, I'm always here when you're I, here. I'm seeing a very big Christmas tree. Very big. Like maybe 20 feet. With amazing lights on it and all those kind of things. And it's very huge. It's not like normal. Like nobody would have this tree unless it's in a business or outdoors. But you're trying to get it in your house. Because this is the size of your heart for celebrating people. That's who you are. You are a celebrator of other people. And you're harmless. You're not a person that will hurt people. You just want them to find their gifts and their blessing and to find their Christmas. What a great word. I've never said that to anybody. God bless you. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. When it does happen, that was metaphorical. Don't go and buy a 20-foot tree. Praise the Lord. Lauren and Stephanie Lindsay. Oh, wow. Okay, is this ever going to end? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. What's your guys' names again? Lauren is my name and my wife, Stephanie. Yeah, an unusual picture. I just saw it as clear as I could. A big, giant fishing pole. And this is the kind of fishing pole you use if you go fishing, surf fishing. Like at the beach, you have the big, the big rods, you know, and you put them in the thing like that. This is the weird thing. You are the bait. I see you both hanging from the thing. You're the bait. You're the bait. Do you know what this means? This is a very powerful meaning. It means that you're so desirable. You will be so desirable by the people you meet that they're just going to want to chew on what it is you have. That Jesus is going to make you so beautiful and Christ-like 
that friends you meet, people you meet, they're just going to want to, what is it about you? I want what you have. This is where you're headed to become bait, to catch the, the fish that are lost in that ocean of life. Wow, what a blessing. So quick, too, like that. Don't we? Isn't that Jesus amazing? Come on, everybody. Give God the praise and the glory tonight and thank him. I want to say thank you to everybody that gave towards our uh, orphanage today in the offering. We have about 6,700 meals we need to buy right now. So if any of you that give in the offering tonight can help us with that, that would be a blessing. It costs us $1 for one meal. So that's what we need right now. And uh, that's the need, and that's all I'll say about it. If you guys want to help, great. If you don't, praise the Lord. Oh, is there someone after that as well, Bob, so that I don't cut anybody short? Bob and Debbie, because I said I'd get you last. Three oh, praise the Lord. God always saves the best for the last. Mike and Paula Reynolds. I just heard the Lord tell me this right now real quick. Anything that has tormented you from the past, but you got to look at me when I'm talking to you about this one because this, this requires that uh, connection right here. Anything that has tormented you from your past is ends today, and your future, and I listen to these words, is without torment. 1 John 4, 18, perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. You have been tormented in your early days and in the years in the past. But that torment has now come to an end. And now you will be walking in the perfect love of God that he will give you and your husband. What a blessing. Praise God. Come on, Brother Bob. Praise God. Let's give that, uh, uh, the Lord a hand and say, I receive it in the name of Jesus. Remember that words from God, and these are prophetic like snapshots of things that I'm just... You know, that's the way that gift works. And, and then, you, you know, I can do this all day long, forever and ever. Because the gift, I don't have to, like, I don't have gifts, I don't have pictures memorized or something. Everything just pops in there. Because that's how you do it when you flow with the Holy Spirit. Maybe some of you will have that as well. But anyway, let's extend our hands over to Brother Bob and Miss Debbie. Praise the Lord. Uh, Several things. One, you have done warfare for certain people for a certain amount of time. That warfare will now pay off. Two, there are certain things you want God to give you as a couple. Bam, you're going to have that. Three, uh, you're not ever worried about money or things like that ever again because now you will have an overflow and an abundance. One of the gifts you will receive tonight that you haven't had is the ability to bless people in the ways you really want to bless them. And that is going to be a big part of your lives. You will give away a lot of money and bless people in a lot of ways. Big money. Um, the next thing, and this is important. So I see you like on ice. You're skating on ice. I don't know if you know how to do it, but this is a spiritual thing. So you're skating on the ice and you're dancing with each other and twirling and you have no concern of falling because you have passed the stage of falling. You are not going to fall because the stage of falling is gone. Now you can enjoy dancing in the spirit 
together. What a word from God. Dear Jesus, that's beautiful. And you have that hair right there because that's one of the coolest hairdos I have ever seen there. Praise God. So everybody, thank you for uh, letting me be here. This is when we come. And thank you for also receiving some of our children that come. I think you got Bethany and Andrew that came here. How did you like Bethany and Andrew? Aren't they great? Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that's one of my daughters. Uh, but thank you for everything, and thank you for letting me go till 8.30. Thank you, Pastor Scott. And here he comes, and that's all I got to say. And praise the Lord. <laughs> thank you for listening. Be sure to visit gchurch.net for more information about this podcast and other resources.